Good morning, MacFam. Happy Mother's Day to all the mothers here and online. My name is Vershawn Anderson, and I'm here from the Women's Leadership Council to introduce our guest preacher today. Her name is Minister Danielle Gant. I tried to remember your name all night. Once the pastor told me it was going to be written down, I forgot it. <laughs> Minister Danielle Gant lives in Holbrook, Massachusetts with her husband of 23 years, Deacon William Gant, and four children, Devin, 23, Elijah, 20, Michael, 18, and Joy, 15. She grew up in Philadelphia with her mother and her sister. She comes from a legacy of strong women, namely her mom who instilled the importance of family, the value of a strong work ethic, and the necessity of a good education. Watching her mother raise two children on her own while sometimes working two jobs taught Danielle that she with hard work and, and commitment. Through mother's perseverance, Danielle learned three things. Even when the odds are not in your favor, you must keep pressing forward. When you are being Begin in life does not define where you are going, and God does not call the qualified. He qualifies the called. Throughout her 25-year career in the field of education, both in nonprofit and public sectors, Danielle has worked to support families and youth and assessing quality services in the urban centers of Boston since 2001. Danielle has collaborated with youth families and fellow ministry leaders at Concord Baptist Church of Boston in Milton, Massachusetts through Vacation Bible School, Youth Ministry, and the Christian Education Ministry. You're busy. She has served as a youth leader, Saturday church, school teacher, director of Children's Church, director of Vacation Bible School, and director of the Junior Vessels of Praise Youth Dance Ministry. Yes. Danielle currently serves as the minister to youth at Concord Baptist Church. Danielle is a teacher, preacher, and a champion for youth who gets true joy from working and serving in the community. Her goal is to help youth cultivate a personal relationship with Christ, a spirit of worship, and sincere service to God. Danielle is a licensed minister through American Baptist Churches, USA, and a graduate of Gordon-Conwell Theological Seminary with a master's degree in urban ministry leadership. She is currently pursuing a second master's degree in Christian counseling to become a licensed mental health clinician, empowering people of faith and the larger community to experience a life of wholeness and healing. Thank you, Minister. It is such an honor and a privilege to be here with all of you today. Um, I am grateful just for the opportunity and the privilege to stand before you today to share in God's word. I thank you, Pastor Leon, for the invitation. And my prayer is truly today that God would meet us all right at our point of need as he speaks to us through his word. And so I give all glory and honor to God to share with you on this awesome day called Mother's Day. And it always really encourages my heart when, um, when I'm going back and forth about what to share and what to say. And when I, before I even step up, 
um, the atmosphere has already been set and God has already confirmed his word so many times through Pastor Leon and through the singing and through just the announcements. And so I give God praise for his preparation and it's just his reminder to me that I got you and just be obedient and do what I tell you to do. Um, and so definitely I want to stand in agreement with Pastor Leon and what he shared earlier just with regard to honoring and remembering so many who have lost their mothers. Um, this day is certainly, as he said, a bittersweet occasion. Um, we remember certainly as we're celebrating that there are so many who lost mothers, so many young people who didn't have the opportunity to even experience the love of a biological mother. And then we pray as well for those who have lost children and we remember that God is close to the broken heart and that he saves those who are crushed in spirit. And so I just want to remember and lift up um, those who are going through as we're celebrating and as we're honoring those who are struggling today because of the loss that they've experienced in whatever way. And so we do continue to pray God's comfort upon them. Um, as it was shared in, a in the bio, it's always weird hearing about yourself. I didn't know it was gonna be read. So um, I do bring you greetings from Concord Baptist Church in Boston, Massachusetts, where the Reverend Dr. Connolly Hughes Jr. serves as the senior pastor and is my covering. Um, I also would be remiss if I did not celebrate and honor my husband and my four children, um, who are some of them. I know my husband at least is watching today. Um, and I'm just grateful for a husband who honors God and, and is okay with um, me being able to step out and do what God has called me to do, regardless of the day that it falls on. So Pastor Leon, I did give him your greetings, and he said, you're good for today. <laughs> so I'm glad to be here to celebrate. And then last but not least, I'm just going to ask you to celebrate with me my two sisters um, who, when they heard that I was going to Detroit, it wasn't an ask. They said, when you going, we're going and literally dropped everything, and their mothers as well. They left their children, and they have traveled with me from Boston to Detroit um, to be here to support me and to physically cover me. So I thank you, Minister Tamisha and Sister Lasagna, um, for being my right and my left. And so I encourage you guys, if you don't have an Aaron and a her, somebody who can hold up your arms, get you a Tamisha and a Lasagna. You can't have mine, but get your own, okay? And so I know that it's, it's, just, it's important to have people in your corner who really call out to God when you're not around. They call out on your behalf and ask God to do the work in you and that he will pull forth out of you everything that he's placed in you that somebody else might be blessed. And so when you have people that are in your corner that are, are doing that, um, you're, you're amazed, you're, you're blessed um, to have one or two friends. And so they're more than friends to me more than sisters in ministry, they are truly my sisters, um, and I bless God and thank God for them. Um, so now that we have all of the formalities out of the way, um, Mac Ave is just an honor to be here, and I'm excited to get into the word of God. Truly, there is a word from the Lord today. So I'm going to ask that you join me in 2 Thessalonians chapter 1, verses 11 and 12. Again, that's 2 Thessalonians chapter 1, verses 11 and 12, and I'm going to be reading from the New International Version. 
and it says, so we keep on praying for you, asking our God to enable you to live a life worthy of his call. Some translations will say that God will make you worthy of his calling, meaning that it's not our work, it's God's work. May he give you the power to accomplish all the good things your faith prompts you to do. Then the name of our Lord Jesus will be honored because of the way you live, and you will be honored along with him. This is all made possible because of the grace of our Lord Jesus Christ. Our theme for today that I'd like to share with you is called to call forth. Let us pray. Father God, in the name of Jesus, I just simply ask that you would decrease me, that you would hide me behind your cross, that the blood of Jesus would just cover, that you would open hearts, Lord God, open ears, open minds, that those who hear your word today would be touched and challenged and encouraged, Lord God, to continue to walk by faith and not by sight, to continue to step out to do God, what you have called them to do. Let your word move through this space with power and conviction that someone who doesn't know you as Lord and Savior might cry out this day, what must I do to be saved? All these things we ask in the mighty, matchless name of Jesus. Come Holy Spirit, let your power reign and rule in this place. In Jesus' name we do pray, amen. So in this epistle in 2 Thessalonians, it was written by the Apostle Paul to the church of Thessalonica. And we find encouragement and prayer to uplift the people on their journey of living like Christ in a space where they were experiencing persecution for their belief in Jesus. They were surrounded by a bunch of other people who were living contrary to God's word. And due to the negativity that they saw around them and the things that they experienced themselves, they decided, you know what, I think I'm going to fall back a little bit. I'm not going to, you know, continue putting myself out there. Why should I keep being persecuted? Why should I keep being talked about? You know, I'm going to just pause on this, this kingdom work for a minute. And they chose no longer to stand on God's righteousness because after all, they figured, I already believe in Jesus. I'm set. So if he's already on his way back, why should I keep getting dogged out for my faith and trust in God? And so they kind of begin to hide and they continue to shirk back. And so in the text, Paul is encouraging his people to persevere in the face of opposition and to continue walking worthy of God's call on their lives. In other words, allow God to do the work in their life, be obedient to what he's calling them to do, and live in such a way that God would find them worthy of his calling. And so the Greek word that we see in this text is klesis, or a shorter word, word for the word kaleo. And the word means it's an invitation. The calling is a bidding. The calling is a summons. And it could also mean your vocation or your work. And so the ba basically the text is saying, may God continue to work on you, in you, and through you, making you worthy of his invitation to partner with him, to come in alignment with him in whatever he's asking you to do. And so, okay, you're talking about this calling thing, and I thought we were going to have a simple celebrate Mother's Day on today message. 
You might be thinking right now, this message doesn't apply to me because maybe you don't feel called to be a mother or you're not a mother or you don't even have the desire to be a mother. On the other hand, you may be yearning to be a mother but have not yet conceived a child. Those in this scenario may be questioning whether parenting is even a part of their calling. Or maybe you're a brother and you're thinking, surely motherhood doesn't apply to me. I just came for the Sunday message. But whatever your thought, I encourage you to journey along with us today as we unpack God's word and we'll see that there's something there for each and every one of us. And so usually when we hear the word calling, we think of the call to ministry, right? Preaching, teaching, ministering, pastoring. However, I believe that God's call is much broader and that every believer has a call. I would even submit that there are multiple calls that God makes across our life for, him, for us to serve him and be used by him. So the first call that I believe is to everyone to accept the gift of salvation. So in John 3.16, we know that God loved the world so much that he gave his son that whoever would believe on him through Jesus' death, burial, and resurrection, we are connected back. And if we desire to believe on him, we would have eternal life. The second call, I believe, once saved, is to go out and make Jesus famous. Simple as that. Advance the kingdom, share the word of God, share the gospel message of salvation. There are several scriptures like Mark 16, 15, that instruct us to go into all the world and proclaim the gospel to call creation. And this is not just a call to overseas ministry, which is critical, which is valuable. Yes, we are called to do that. But it's also important that in our sphere of influence, right where we are, whether at home, at church, in your community, we are to share Christ so that others might accept the call of salvation as well. The third call to all believers is an invitation, as I said earlier, to partner with God in what he's already doing on the earth, to somewhat, somewhat be his hands and feet here. He wants us to draw people unto him. Matthew 5, 16 says, let your light shine so that men or women may see your good work and they will glorify God in heaven. So this could be done through your employment, through your hobbies, through your ministry at work, at church, or through your social interactions. And so I really want to focus today on that relational and that social aspect. And as I think about motherhood and the role of shaping and molding the life of another individual, the level of intimacy needed to sense someone else's needs and be willing to provide for those needs, I submit to you that anybody can birth a child, but it takes a certain grace, a certain strength of God to operate in the role of a mother or a caregiver for another. It's a critical component of nurturing, encouraging, supporting, and caring for another. There's a spiritual connection that grows when you're given, whether you're given birth to that person or not. And we can be called by God to serve in this capacity for anyone at any age. The person in need of spiritual nurturing could be a young child, it could be a teen, it could be an adult. One to whom you can impart love and wisdom, guidance in their time of need. And we see a picture of this when Jesus was dying on the cross. He took time to institute a mother and son relationship that was born out of faith 
and not out of a physical birth. In John 19, chapters 26, chapter 19, verses 26 and 27, we find Jesus' words to Mary, his mother, about John, the disciple who loved him. He said to her, woman, here is your son. And then he repeated the same thing similar to John. He said, son, here is your mother. So Jesus was ensuring that his mother would be cared for, which was the duty of a dying son in Jewish tradition to make sure their mom was being taken care of. But I believe there's a deeper level of a spiritual need that Mary would feel for John and John would feel for Mary. Just as Mary had nurtured and cared for Jesus, she would continue in this role with her spiritual son. And so as I was researching and preparing, I found some interesting definitions of mother as an action word. Usually we hear of it as a noun. It's a person, right? It's someone with a title. But I saw mother as an action word, which really caused me to think of motherhood as a spiritual and an emotional birthing process initiated by either a biological parent or a spiritually transparent transplanted parent, as I would like to call it. So someone who has been spiritually placed in your life for such a time to nurture you and build you up. And so the definitions that I saw were to give rise to or to produce. The second definition was to give birth to, like for example, giving birth to the tenets of faith in a child's life, helping them to discover who God is. There's a birthing of spiritual warriors for Christ that is needed today, people of God. An endeavor that takes commitment, it takes prayer, it takes nurturing. We're called to develop the spiritual character of our children and of the next generation. Our task collectively is to teach them about the Imago Dei, the creator, the one who we are created in his image and his likeness. Imago Dei, the image of God, we're all created in. And we want our children to know that they walk in that image, in that likeness. We're expected to give rise to godly character in our children by teaching them what scripture says about them and how they should live out God's word on their own lives. Spiritual motherhood, nurturing our children in the things of God is really discipleship. It's really at the heart and at the core of what we're called to do as people of God. And so as a mother myself of four, as you heard earlier, I get the rat race. I understand how we go about needing to provide for the basic needs of our children, food, clothing, shelter. God knows the wants that my kids have keep my pockets and his pockets bone dry. But I also know how important it is to spiritually prepare the children for life when it comes knocking. I see firsthand every day as a care coordinator how young people are dealing with emotional and behavioral challenges. So yes, our children need those basic needs, but they also need to know the Savior. They need spiritual nurturers who in their lives will point them to Jesus. They need prayer warriors who are willing and not ashamed to bombard heaven when they're going through. They need people who are willing to stand in God's presence when the enemy is firing those darts against our children. Who's going to stand in the gap to cover and protect them? They need people who are going to speak against depression, who are going to speak against anxiety, who are going to speak against sadness or against people who question who they are just because of how they look. They need spiritual prayer warriors and protectors that are going to cover them in the name of Jesus. 
And so, yes, as parents, we can make an impact in that space. We can stand in that gap, but honestly, we can't do it alone. There is definitely a higher call to the community of believers, to the village MACAF, to come together where whether it's a biological mother or someone who's divinely put in the space of a child's life, whether you're a grandmom, an auntie, a mentor, a cousin, a friend, a teacher, whoever you are, there's a call to partner with God to reach the generations to come. There's a call to sow a seed into them where the word of God can reproduce and our children will reproduce. And so you may be saying, reproduce? What are we talking about? And so we want them to reproduce what their spiritual mothers are producing in their own lives. And prayerfully, that's good character. That's firm and unwavering identity in Christ. Fruit of the Spirit, as found in Galatians 5. You know, love. We just talked about the reckless love of God, right? So we're looking to reproduce in our children that unconditional love. When they work your last nerve and, you know, they have shortcomings and weaknesses, can we show them the love of Christ? Can we continue to encourage them through those difficult places and really show them that, yes, you messed up, yes, you've done wrong, but I love you and I'm here to support you? Do we have that joy, that peace? Oh, God, that patience. You know, when you want cow gone to take you away? And I hope I'm not dating myself with that example. But, you know, we need those moments where we want to be gone, we want to be away, but we got to hang in there and we got to press through with our children. And we have to show them how to do it, what to do, what God is calling them to do. And then we have to give them the grace and room to course correct because they're going to mess up. They're human. We're human. We all fall short. So do we hang in with them and kind of shepherd them to where they need to go? And then with that kindness, that goodness, that faithfulness to do and follow through with what we said we would do, that gentleness and that self-control. The fruit of the Spirit is only cultivated when we spend time in the presence of God, reading his word, praying for wisdom, speaking life, based on what God has told us to speak in our time, giving that life and encouragement to others, correcting in love, being a safe place for people to land when we don't even feel like we have a safe place. That's what that piece of motherhood is about, that piece of spiritual connection, having a place for others to be supported. What about that time when we spend with God? That is where he makes us worthy of his calling. It's the place where we're fortified to do the difficult work of caring for another when it seems that nobody's caring for you. When you feel like your own needs are overlooked, God is there to keep you from falling. By his love and his grace, we are able to lay before him every flaw, every fault, and then he cleans us up. He presents us faultless before his presence of glory, and our righteousness we know is as filthy rags, but it's God who makes us worthy. It's never about us. It's always about him. And so about a week ago, I was reading a post on social media from one of my sisters at church, and she put up a post about her mother, and it read, this woman mothers so well that she's known as a mother to the entire community. She has children all over the city of Boston that she has raised, but she did not birth. And she, raises their, she raised their children and is now raising their children's children. 
And that really struck me to say, God, let that be the testimony of all of us. May we learn the power and importance of spiritual motherhood, of showing up in our neighborhoods, in our communities, to nurture the motherless, to resource children without appropriate food and clothing, to support and be an encouraging voice when children don't have it at home, to speak that they are loved and that they are cared for and that they have a system of support around them when they might not be able to find it anywhere else. And from what I've seen and what I've read about you guys here at Mac Ave, I get the sense that you have that, that call for community, that you understand the importance of stepping outside of these four walls to be an impact for the greater good, for stepping outside of what's comfortable and acceptable to answer God's call to a dying world. And so God at this point may be moving on your heart and saying, and you're thinking, how do I fit in all of this that you're talking about? How do I deal with my own kids? How do I deal with my own home? Laundry is piling up. <laughs> kids are all over the place. Job is crazy. I'm overwhelmed. And now you're talking about stepping out, sewing into somebody else's life, seeking out others that may need the support. Where does it fit? <laughs> when does time stop? so that I can get some of this done that you might be talking about. And so I want to tell you that time won't stand still, but the time that you take to still yourself in the presence of God, the time that you take to commune with him, the time that you take to seek him first, that is the time when he begins to make the room for everything else to happen. That's why it's important for you to operate in your space, in your sphere of influence to do specifically what it is that God is calling for you to do. Because of course, family is first ministry. We know that, that's biblical. And so we wanna know how God is calling you to be present right with your family. And so I'll share with you for me, the call this weekend for myself was a call of sacrificing and stretching a little bit so yesterday, I had to be present for my son's graduation, my oldest son's graduation, a milestone graduation, and so also knew that I had to be here with you today to do the work that God is calling to be done. And so it ended up being a whirlwind of travel over, I would say, the 48-plus hours of this weekend. So I started from Boston. I went up to Maine, came back to Boston, got on a flight last night to get here to be in Detroit. But for me, there was no way that I could be about doing God's work outside without taking care of my family first and being present for my family, to make sure that I was present to be able to speak into the life of my son, to give him words of encouragement, to make sure that he felt anchored in God's love and in our family's love, and once that was done, then, the other things are added, and then I can step out to be able to share with our others about the goodness of the Lord and how he'll make room and make time. And so I'm a witness that his grace is sufficient. He steps in when we're weak, that's where he steps in, and he is strong. It's not about us being strong, but it's about the God of strength rising up in us that we might do the work that we've been called to do. And so don't minimize the lives that God has put in your path to impact. I want you to take a minute to think about 
how God is speaking in this moment to your heart? Can you give words of encouragement to somebody? Can you take time to pray for someone else? What is the spiritual fruit that God wants you to reproduce? Whatever it is, walk in it and allow him to do what he's called you to do. And I, I promise you, he will renew that strength. You will mount up with wings as eagles. You will run and not be weary. You will walk and not faint because it's the God in you and it's the power of God working through you that makes it possible. And so as I prepare to take my seat, I want to call out two pivotal characters in Israelites' history. And they're kind of lesser-known women, but they had a, a huge impact on the life and the deliverance of the Israelites. And so the first is Jochebed, who is Moses' mother. And the second is Pharaoh's daughter. And so without the willingness for these two women to answer God's call, the salvation of the Israelites may have not come forth through Moses. Moses was born to the Levites, an Israelite, a tribe of priests. They were God's priests, and they led the people of Israel. The Israelites were living in slavery in Egypt, and they were growing in number. And so the king in Egypt got a little worried. Oh, the slaves are growing. You know, we're oppressing them, but they're growing. Their families are getting bigger. They're getting bigger than our families. So here's what I want you to do. Kill every Hebrew child, every Hebrew boy that's born. I want the midwives to kill them as soon as they come out of the womb. Don't even give them a chance. Don't even give them a chance to grow. And so Jochebed knew of this call, and she had Moses. And so she nurtured him. She cared for him for three months. And then when she could no longer hide him, she had to give up her desire to raise a child to save his life. She put Moses in a basket and floated him down the Nile River. And so as she, you know, was hoping and praying that someone would come to save him, who but Pharaoh's daughter, the daughter of the king that said to kill every Hebrew child, found the baby. And did she kill him? Did she go with her father's edict? No, she said, Pick the baby up. Let's care for this child. So this woman answered a call of a God she didn't know. She wasn't serving the God of the Israelites, but she saw this baby and she answered the call without even knowing it was a call for deliverance. And so she cared for him. She watched over him. And then without this, Moses' life would have been aborted, and he would have never been the deliverer of the Israelites. And see, and then let's go a little bit further. She took the baby in and then she said, find a Hebrew woman who can come and nurse this child. So look at how amazing God is. They found Jochebed, Moses' mother, brought her in. She nursed her son physically and she also nourished him spiritually in the things of God. So God honored her desire to raise her child by placing her in Moses' presence to be able to support with raising him. So I tell you, only God could orchestrate this. And God is faithful to deliver the things that we desire most in our heart if we're faithful to answer his call. And so we see that going forward, Moses ended up being the one who would deliver Egypt by the hand of God. 
So it's never about where you start, but it's about where you finish. And then I encourage you not to forget Mary, who is Jesus' mother. Without her yes to God and her profession as a teenage girl, that she is the Lord's servant and she will do what he said, Jesus Christ, God in the flesh, born of a virgin, would not have entered the world and did what he did to be the payment for our sin and the pathway back to God. Moses and Jesus, they started off in obscurity. I would even say in poverty. Nobody was really paying them much attention. Moses ended up being raised by the king's family, and we serve a God who sits on the throne as the king of kings and the Lord of lords. So I tell you, it's not where you start, but it's where you finish. And so we don't know the God's plan for the people that we encounter. We don't know God's call on their lives or who they're born to deliver. Moses, as we said, was the deliverer of the Israelites. Jesus became the deliverer and the savior of the world. And these women who answered the call to mother were instrumental in the path that they decided to take. They answered the call to give rise and to produce. And so our willingness to answer the call to show up spiritually in the lives of others may mean the difference between them answering God's call or not hearing God's voice at all. Sometimes future depends on your yes to God's call. God's call is not always glamorous and it's not without its challenges. But our God, our, our obedience to God will cause God to be glorified in our lives so that non-believers are drawn to his mercy. So let us have a willing heart to be available to nurture, to empower, and to equip the next generation. As we walk in our call, we will turn and call forth the gifts that are in the children that we're seeking to care for. So most importantly, today and every day, yes, continue to honor those biological mothers and spiritual mothers that are getting the job done all to the glory of God. And for the community of supporters around those mothers, I encourage you, take up the mantle of prayer that Paul talked about. This work cannot be done without prayer. Never cease to pray for mothers and for our children. Invest in the lives of young people. Take time to work through their pain, their sorrow, those joys. We are called to walk with them as we're nurturing them to be the people God called them to be. And also pray that parents and caregivers, that their, their households will be blessed as they are doing what God called them to do by faith. Whether it's taking another child into your home, speaking to a child in the neighborhood, may God be glorified. May the children you touch come to know Jesus because of the light of Christ that is in you. I'm encouraged that as we lift up Christ, God is glorified. And God will continue to be honored by the power at work in you. And so I encourage you today, walk in your call that you may call forth greatness in others. I don't want you to shrink back. Don't give up. Don't leave it to somebody else to do. Figure out what God is calling forth for you to do and get it done. Walk in your purpose. You have been called to call forth. God bless you. <laughs>